And that is how it sounded last night. Pete Weber with the call on ESPN 102.5 The Game and the Predators Radio Network as Nashville rallies from a 4-2 deficit after 40 minutes. They put up a fourth spot in the final frame, and they win 6-5 to last night, wrapping up this four-game homestand with a 3-1 and mark. They pick up six of a possible eight points, and they get it done over the Capitals. And boys, I'm telling you right now, I know it's only five games, but if we can get to June late May, early June, and have a Stanley Cup final of Predators Capitals, I am all in on that. That would be one of the most entertaining series we can get, and last night was a very entertaining game. I mean, based on what we've seen through four games, I would agree with you, but we really have no idea what these two teams will be after they play 68 more games or 75 more games or whatever it is to get, or I guess it'd be like a hundred if you count all the playoff games. Right. I mean, we just we just have no idea what these two teams are going to be at the end of the year. We have a good idea that the Preds are a pretty good team. We have a pretty good idea that the Caps are a pretty good team. It, it's a great win. It's an extraordinary moment in Bridgestone Arena for for the fans to have been a part of that up and down roller coaster. But you also can't be down one nothing, two one, four two, and five four all the time. All in one game and expect mm-hmm. to win those games. They've done that so far this season. They trailed the Red Wings, didn't win that game. Trailed the Wild, came back and won that game. It, it's a good, resilient trait to have as a team, the ability to come back. You want to build that over the course of an 82-game season. You don't want to live like that every night. That's, well, a, that's a dangerous way to live. Well, it's taxing. Um, it's, it's, it gets tiresome because you always have to now – you know, it's this ebb and flow. You got to push yourself even more to try to come back from a one goal or two goal deficit. And they were able to do a good job um, of that last night. Um, you know, being down four two, entering the third period, I believe, and the way they scored. And we talked about it in the first period. I mean, you I mean the, the at the beginning of the show where they scored two goals in a matter of a minute and some seconds, and then the last two goals it was in a matter of less than a minute. And that just shows you the firepower um, that this team have that, you know, especially during the power play. I think they what they got two, they scored on two power play situations or just one, just one, just one. Okay. But now three, uh, three power play goals in four games. Exactly. And that's that's a, that's a trend and, and, it, and it's trending upward. Uh, but again, there are 70 something games left and I'm not going to get overly hyped in 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 just overreact um in a comeback because the players are not doing that and you know they it was a great win but listen they got los angeles in a couple of days um they got the kings in a couple of days so so they can't sit here and 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 overreact and and think you know think they are the best thing since sliced bread um, because they know if they do that then they're going to come back and there's going to be a letdown they got a three they got a road swing here um, the Kings, Vegas, and Arizona. It's going to be tough. Um, so they got to make sure that even in a win, they got to put it behind them quickly as possible. Um, you know, I wish fans could do that, and I wish people can do that and not overreact all the time. But that's how we are. It's an overreaction world. And well, we it's, are it's able Friday. to overreact. Yeah, it's yes, it's Friday. David, we can the, overreact. The Poyle family told us exactly. we could react yeah. and overreact on Friday. Yeah. So here we are. And everybody's gotten the memo, so we're good. But, no, it was a great win. Um, it was a good win. Um, considering where we are at in the season. It was a good win. They're showing traits of being able to score um, when they need to. And um, you just hope as the season continues to to um, go and, and, and guys get tired that this trait that we're seeing now continues to hold up. Through four games, I would say their flaw is defensively. Although 
I'm not overly concerned with it because if the offense is going to be this good, and I get it, 19 goals in four games, you're not going to score five goals a night. Nobody can do that. But if this offense is as good as we think it possibly could be, and the power play is fixed like we hope it is, I can live with a lesser quality of defense mm-hmm. knowing I still have three really good guys on the blue line and I've got two good goaltenders. I don't mind changing the style and being a little bit weaker defensively if we're this potent offensively. I think that works in the regular season. I think that works over time in the regular season. I don't know how that looks in the postseason. I think it remains to be seen if you can. To me, it's like the Yankees Astros matchup, right? One team has a great rotation, the other team doesn't. What normally tends to win in the postseason? Good pitching. NFL. You can you can be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs all you want to, but if you can't get a stop in the fourth quarter, you don't have a great defense. Yeah, we we saw what the the Patriots did to the Rams in the Super Bowl from a defensive standpoint. I I think you know you look at St. Louis and Boston in the in the Stanley Cup final last year. It was still heavy heavy hockey, defensive hockey. You still have to have that thing. You have to be able to play that style eventually because the games do come down and score once you get to the postseason. So I think it's great right now. I think it's great for the regular season. I think it can lead to a lot of fun. A lot of mm-hmm. records, a lot of guys scoring a lot of points and goals, and the crowd's going to be into it. A lot of fun games like last night. I think that's great. I think you can survive that way and, and rack up a lot of points in the standings and earn yourself a nice playoff bid. But you're going to have to play 2-1 games in but the playoffs. But does it turn into the Big 12 of Ohio? Yeah, exactly. You can't. <laughs> I, again, I don't think you can win a World Series without a starting rotation. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl without some semblance of defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can win in the NHL a Stanley Cup playoff without some level of defensive hockey with a little bit of physicality I still think you, you the, the, everything tightens up in every postseason baseball basketball and like in, even in the NBA you know nobody plays defense at all in the regular season right and then push comes to shove and you got to get stops in the half court mm-hmm. you, you get to game six of an NBA finals you better get stops in the half court it's the NCAA tournament right you can run up and down all you want to you know Shaka Smart can run this up-tempo nonsense in college basketball all you want to press 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 but guess what dies in the Sweet 16, the press. Because you got to execute in the half court because you got to go up against good And that's defenses. why Virginia won a few Look, years ago. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Texas Tech, one of the better defensive teams. So it, it, all, it all comes home to roost eventually. So it's fun right now. Enjoy it. It was a blast. Last night was a ton of fun. But it's one game. you got to move on. And, and eventually you're going to have to have those 2-1, nothing games in the postseason. We are just so far from that that it's not really worth worrying about yet. Because I think defensively, Dante Fabro is going to get better as the season goes along. Um, so I, it's I'm not it's not anything to be worried about, but it is something to be of note. If this team is going to be an offensive team with with some you know more questions on defense than we thought, because again, Adam Vingan said it: you cannot trade PK Subban off your team and be better defensively. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Well, it's showing up, and and they are somewhat, significantly yeah. better offensively, absolutely. But they're not as good defensively as they were without PK Subban. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And so, until that develops or Fabro develops or whatever, um, you know, it is what it is. It can win you a lot of games in the regular season, which is great and a ton of fun for everybody. But you better be ready for two one games in the playoffs. Last segment, we talked about the atmosphere at Death Valley for Florida LSU. We talked about the atmosphere at College Station for Texas A and M Alabama. How about the atmosphere last night in Bridgestone Arena? Let's take a listen to Matt Duchesne. That was great. I mean, yeah, that timeout and when they were going nuts there. I, m- I remember coming into this barn and and seeing that and being like, "Ooh, that's uh, they're coming hard at us." Um, so it was nice to be on the other other side of that this time. So uh, it was a great job by the crowd being, you know, um, an extra attacker for us. 
energy level in that arena mm-hmm. off the charts, especially, especially. And I mentioned this uh, Wednesday when we were coming off the game from Tuesday night, that if that goal would have been would have occurred with Duchesne mm-hmm. to Forsberg that got stopped by the Sharks goaltender, that would have brought the arena down. There, there, there is an energy to that building with Matt Duchesne right now mm-hmm. that is pretty ridiculous. Well, they, yeah. they, they are they are moving the puck, they're scoring they're scoring goals, and they're doing it in a fashion that it looks exciting, and that's what people come to see: points being scored, whether it be home runs being hit. Touchdowns being scored in, in college football or pro and baskets being made uh, and three-pointers being made in the NBA. They come to see the exciting stuff. They don't want to see the boring game and the defense back and forth and end up being one nothing. They take the win. They love to win. Sure. But they want to see score, uh, goals being scored. And like you said, it might losing, – losing PK – does hamper your defense, but the fans are looking at it from the standpoint of, man, we're scoring goals now. I mean, this team looks vastly different scoring-wise than what they did last year. And on a Thursday, you know, when the weather's a little a little brisk, you know, a little cool outside and people got to go work on Friday, people still showed up and it was loud. You can hear how loud it was um, when I was watching it last night, and I know you know watching it on television a little bit different from being there as far as getting a real grasp of how the crowd is, how loud they are. But you know when they went on that tear, when they went on that tear and they scored and they tied it, I mean you talk the announcers Willie and, and C Mason was like, man, this crowd is really going at it right you could now. you could hear preds fans all the way in louisville yeah you could <laughs> and we're According also <laughs> you know that that goal his first goal in a critical spot in the third period like that was also a critical moment uh-huh. right so like it was a, a huge goal in a critical moment you know coming off a of forsberg beautiful forsberg assist and a great play by Granlin to get the turnover in the offensive zone like the whole play was just beautiful hockey and we're also in the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase with Duchesne is still very much a thing. You've got eight points in four games. There are going to be stretches where he's not as good because that's what hockey is. And so we're clearly in the honeymoon phase with like the brand new shiny toy that that you know you've been asking for for three Christmases in a row, and now you finally got it. Teron Davenport's going to join us coming up at seven thirty. Uh, Preds fans, if you want to jump in, seven three seven one zero two five. The number six one five seven three seven one zero two five. We're back after this on Morning Drive. 718, welcome back in Morning Drive. Teron Davenport's going to join us coming up in just about 12 minutes. Take your reaction, Predators fans, if you want to jump in, 737-1025, the number. Willie Donick will join us about an hour and 10 minutes from now. We'll also get back to all things Titans, all things college football. A lot to do on today's show. Um, Come okay. on, Pred fans. Where you at? Pred fans laying low this yeah, morning. Light up the porch. Come on, Pred fans. That was a huge win. That was a huge win after game. I mean, game five, huge win with 77 more to go. Come on. Y'all, come on. Call us, man. We want to hear what y'all got to say. 78 more to yeah, go. Yeah, 78. Excuse me. I got to get Derek. that right. Yeah, I got to get that right. Don't want to get a memo. Um, but isn't there something <laughs> to be said, though? Because we know, like, in the NFL, defense travels. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would say in any sport, offense sells. Well, in 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 every rule in sports in every sport. like this, Look yeah, in rule. sports like this, where I think it's I think it's fast pace. Um, that's why we said, well, if you look at it now, the fans are loving it because you know it doesn't seem like this grueling out. Yes, do they want better defense? I think we all want better defense um, with the last couple of games. Um, but they've been able to pick up wins, with the exception of the 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 Detroit Red Wings. 
Um, but if this team can continue to score goals the way they have been, then, you know, playing a, you know, 6-4 game, fans love it. But like Braden said, eventually – you're going to have to start playing defense because yeah. in the playoffs, everything, it seems Tight, like the rink up. seems yep. to get shorter and shorter and smaller and yeah, smaller. Every rule in every sport, football, yeah. basketball, baseball, I mean, freedom of movement in college basketball, freedom of movement in the NBA, free, you know, no trapping in the NHL, which was eliminated like 12, 15 years ago with the, with the lockout and the new rules. Every rule has been, mm-hmm. in every sport, is predicated on entertainment value, a- adding entertainment value, which is largely offensive. And so th- that the reason every rule in the NFL is to protect receivers and quarterbacks is because passing games sell mm-hmm. fantasy points, sells the tickets, sells to entertainment, sells TV ratings. You know, same thing with basketball, same thing with hockey. It's all the same. The difference is that all once you get to the playoffs, you don't need to worry about selling the commodity anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you, but so it all tightens up. Every sport tightens up. Look, only, at, look, at, look at pitching. Well, the in, only in, thing in, that in doesn't seem to tighten tightens up anymore is the actual Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They haven't Fair tightened point. up all year. <laughs> Come on, lead the Titans alone. They've, man. Gone, Come from, on. they've gone from they're going to get a big win this week. They've gone from good to slightly below average. Yeah, they're going to get a good win this week. Okay? All right, let's. I'm with you on that, D. Let's hear from Dutchy, shall we? A couple of clips of Dutchy. Uh, Matt Duchesne asked about the <laughs> the Predators having 19 goals in the homestand. Take a listen. I mean, we have one of the most talented decor uh, offensively and defensively in the league. And then you look at our, our forwards, I mean, uh, top, you know, doesn't matter what line you look at. Any line can be our best line any given night. And um, we've had every, just everyone's been coming in waves. One line stepped up for, you know, some minutes and another line, another line. So in that way, uh, you know, the whole homestand. So leaving, uh, leaving here up, uh, you know, uh, being uh, three and one is huge. And, and speaking of the offense and getting 19 goals, how about last night, too? You got two goals out of Ryan Johansson, and I'm wondering how much of that had to do with the line change because last night the, the quote first line was Johansson, Arvidsson, and Kelly Yarncroak. So they made a little bit of a change last night with that, that quote first line where Craig Smith is typically playing the wing. Yeah, and a couple apples for Yarny uh-huh. last night. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I did see I, I saw that and it's funny because we had talked to Kyle Terrace and Dan mm-hmm. Hamies on Wednesday about the lines and they were like well it's working right now I don't think we're going to change it up and then of course the very next game uh, they change it up and, and, and that's just La, that's just Peter LaViolette you know knowing when to pull pull triggers and kind of move levers and push mm-hmm. buttons and um, you know Yarncroak had a couple assists last night and, and again when you play with Johansson and Arvidsson you're playing with better people than if you're playing on the fourth line uh, I thought that was a little interesting Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought I did like these, like putting Smith and Turris together. I thought when I saw it was an interesting combination. Um, you know, give give Turris a sniper alongside him that's mm-hmm. truly a, a a twenty twenty five goal scorer. I think no disrespect to Rocco Grimaldi and 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 um, Yarncroke, who he was playing beside the first couple of games. Having Craig Smith alongside you is a is a bona fide goal scorer well, there. Well, and it takes and a little Daniel bit, Carr getting into the game yeah, last it night. It takes was a little bit of the pressure. People are not. Teams can't just focus on you. And I think Peter has done an excellent job um, at kind of, you know, tinkering with the lineups just a little bit um, because they, they know they're able to do it because they have they have enough strength. And you heard Duchesne say it, you know, our defensemen, our defense corps, man, you know, we're one of the – right now we're one of the best in the league. So you can take these guys and kind of – you know, play, you could take it and kind of mismatch it and, and still get a good result, um, whether it be the first line, the second line, or, you know, third line's doing well, too. Rocco Grimaldi out day-to-day with a lower body injury. Seven three seven one zero two five. Tim, first up on Morning Drive. What's up, Tim? 
Hey, yeah, so you got to be pretty excited if you're a Preds fan right now, right? I know it's early, but um, this is kind of what we wanted. We wanted more offense, and that's exactly what we're getting. I still think there were far too many defensive lapses on the last couple games, especially last night, a couple of really turnovers that led to goals. But, I mean, I guess that's going to happen. Um, this is exactly what we wanted. We want it to be exciting. We want the national uh, notoriety, kind of what Titans fans have been starving for for the last 10 years, and it seems like we're never going to get that as Titans fans. So at least we got the threat, right? Yeah, no, you're right, Tim. But Pe- the Titans people have, want offense. But the Titans have been able to play well when they've been in the spotlight. The Eagles, New England, yeah. Cleveland, and they've scored points in all three of those games. Yep, lots they've of points. scored a lots of points. So, I mean, I guess it's the other games to, they need to score. To, it's to, all the games to, that nobody's watching. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to his point, though, about the defense, uh, last night there was just a noticeable gaffe by, by Matt Irwin where mm-hmm. Pekka had committed to a shot. And Eller was right in front of the right in front of the net, and I don't know what Matt Irwin was doing. The guy literally crossed his face, and he didn't even check him. He didn't even, you know, oppose, you know, pr- provide any um, cover for Pekka. Uh, yeah, any cover whatsoever. I'm like, what the hell is Matt Irwin doing? I'm like, he's right in front of your face. I mean, it, it happens sometimes, you know, and and. And that's it's not my where, style to get mad at third third pairing defensemen, but yeah, but the, everybody, I almost blew a gas but everybody has a job to do. Uh, everybody has a job to do, and you're only as you're only as strong as your weakest link. What, what, so, what is more dangerous, blowing a gasket or blowing a stack? Like, which one causes? Which one costs more? Where is it? To bo- fix? Okay, a gasket. A gasket's like a small yeah, part you could yeah. generally replace. You got you got all those smaller parts yeah. that cost the most. Yeah, it, it's true. Like a gasket could also lead to like other problems. Because you don't notice the... it yet, and then you, you get down I sixty five, and then all of a sudden. But if you blow a stack, <laughs> then you got a lot of cleanup too. Well, the stack yeah. is also the end of the uh, wh- whatever the line you know is mm-hmm. wherever the the substance is flowing through the the gaseous substance. It could be a good thing. It gets to the stack, and that's the last piece. So you should be able to replace that one pretty easily. Yeah. So I, I would. You know, I don't know. A stack seems pretty expensive. A gasket, small, small part. I don't know. Jesus, yeah, just throwing it know. out there, guys. <laughs> I mean, these are important things that we these should are consider. Things that we they need are. to figure out. I, <laughs> been a while since I've blown my stack. Listen, hum, human rights, you know, genocide, world hunger, and blowing stacks. Gaskets, gaskets versus stacks. These are the important things we discuss. Seven three seven one zero two five. Ryan, next on Morning Drive. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, I gotta say. The uh, last four games, I know we lost one, but this team has improved, and you've seen it improve. Off power play, especially defense, is going to be a little shaky. And you know, it's Fabro. He's he's a rookie. He came in the game last year, didn't really play much. He played a little bit in the playoffs, but he's still got them rookie mistakes. And just give him some time. He, he's going to develop into a great defenseman like Ellison, Ellison Yossi. But I just got to say. Then going out and getting Duchesne, I think if you look at all the free agent signings this offseason so far, I think he's got to be one of the biggest steals in the uh, free agency market. Yeah, and to your point, Ryan, on the power play, they got another one last night, but going into last night, they were at 22%, which was 16th in the NHL, so right around the halfway point of the league. Uh, and I got to think that number has to go up after yeah, last night. Yeah, I, I just want to remind everybody, good and bad with this team, whether it's the defensive concerns, the goaltending concerns, or all the offensive positivity that we're we're seeing. It, I need twelve to fifteen games before I'm going to start making judgments on what a team is in hockey. You just you you need more time. You uh-huh. need at least a month. And so we joke about overreacting, and, and certainly it's a lot of fun to overreact to a big win the next morning. But the bottom line is, is this team isn't the best scoring team in hockey until. 
until the end of the year, and they're number yeah. one or two or three. It, it's the power play hasn't been fixed until they do it for an eighty-two game season. The, the defense isn't broken until it happens for an eighty-two game season. So we, I need to see at least probably twelve to fifteen games of any of these trends before I decide personally. Me, and again, everybody can have their own. You know, some people want to live day to day and mm-hmm. you know, go up and down and ride the roller coaster. Go for it. Um, you know, David Poyle's job is to look at it very long term. He can't mm-hmm. overreact to any one game. I, I just think I need twelve to fifteen games of something happening for a team before I decide that that's not a trend, it's a thing. And, and that's the difference. There's trends and then there's things. Mm-hmm. And last year, the trend of the power play being bad eventually became a thing mm-hmm. because it was just the way it was by the end of the year. And so I, I need to see all of that happen before I start making grand right. sweeping ju- judgments about how Matt Duchesne is clearly the savior who's going to win them 14 Stanley Cups this year. I just, you know, it's only you can only win one a year, I think. So yeah, it, yeah. It's, hard to win. it's hard to win 14 <laughs> of them at one time. Well, then in... in, in quickly here then you know you, you got to tie in injury that's why you said 12 12 games i said give me at least a quarter of the season and then you know maybe 25 games so we're running and then because you know injuries then kick in how do they yeah exactly how do they then play when one of their key guys get injured we will see if Cody Party, uh, Cody Parkey, can kick in a few field goals. <laughs> He's going to have a party, party too. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll throw a party. <laughs> field goal party. Exactly. <laughs> Teron Davenport's coming up next. We'll talk all things Titans with TD next on Morning Drive. 7.33, it is Morning Drive, live here on a football Friday. Nick Braden, D-Mays, Marquise. I've been listening to a lot of this lately, like late 90s. I don't know why. You're going back to the glory days. I don't know what why, doing. but like, I don't feel cool listening to Puff Daddy, but it's still Puff Daddy. The, the puff daddy but it it it's like harkens back to high school and I'm, it's all this the good stuff from the from high school man i've been listening to a lot like all about the benjamins baby like you i just, I just see, the glory days man. i just see mace on the back of a flatbed yeah. rolling through manhattan it's all about the preds <laughs> baby baby right now it's all about scoring touchdowns or tds aka teron davenport is with us here on morning drive what's up td happy friday Oh, happy Friday, man. I appreciate Marquise with a little LOX, the locks. You know what I mean? I'm down in the kitchen scrambling up something marvelous. About to hook up this <laughs> breakfast burrito. And, you know, Ooh, that's yeah, I'm glad you clarified the breakfast burrito part. <laughs> there you go. So it, it looks like uh, I saw yesterday Mile High Denver Stadium. Uh, I think it's in Vesco Field or whatever they call it, is covered in snow. Yet on Sunday it's supposed to be 72 and sunny. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's the last days, man, sign of the times, man. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> All right, so stylistically, are we looking at an ugly football game on Sunday with Joe Flacco in both of these defenses and obviously the Titans' struggles in the offensive line? Yeah, man, Joe Flacco is an ugly quarterback. That's what he does, you know. Um, a lot of play action, they're going to run the ball, and that's what the Titans are going to need to do. You know, the good thing for the Titans Denver's defense has struggled a bit against the run, so I would expect to see because they're giving up. I think it's like 126.2 yards per game on the ground. So mm-hmm. this should be an opportunity for Derrick Henry to get that train going, and that's really what the offense needs. So if you like that high scoring, sling the ball all over the place type of football, I don't think you're going to enjoy this this game this weekend. Do you think the Titans um, they go they go back to strictly? 
um, trying to get, and, and you said it, because of Denver's lack of stopping the run, but I think Vic Fangio is just like um, Dean Pease. He will find a way eventually to um, take his weakness and make it a strength. Um, and, and, and losing Chubb is going to always be a, a minus yeah. for a team um, because he's such a good player. But do you see the Titans sticking with the run predominantly in this game and, and, and trying to, if after that, trying to do more play action than to just sit back and allow Marcus to throw the football? Um, um, maybe they, you know, in, in other situations, maybe they allow Marcus to do that. But in this situation, you know, it's basically let's run the football, let's slow things down, and, and let's win another ugly football game. Yeah, you know, and that's a good point about, uh, excuse me, Vic Fangio. Low-key, he's one of the better defensive coordinators in this league. You know what I mean? Obviously a head coach now, but the team still has his identity. And um, I think they'll find a way to try – well, I don't think they'll find a way. I think they'll work to find a way to try to stop the run. But for me, you know, I, I really would stick to the run if, if I'm Arthur Smith. And obviously you want to mix in some things as well. But I would really stick to the run. That's kind of the formula for winning on the road. And we have a tough running uh, running game, you know, a stout defense. You pretty much, you know, you're a pack-and-play type of team. So I think they'll stick to that. Mariota will have his chances. But, I mean, when you look at it, you know, Jersey, uh, Josie Jewell is, is – uh, he'll probably end up being questionable. He was limited in practice. So, you know, he's one of their sideline to sideline, you know, just those linebackers that just has a GPS for the football. So I, I think they'll they'll run the ball against them. Of course, Denver will try to stop, but I don't think they'll be able to stop the Titans rushing attack. Hey, Arthur Smith, A, how would you describe and, def- and define his overall offensive philosophy? And have you seen – enough from him in five games to, to, to say, hey, he, he has what it takes to adjust on the fly, not only from, from quarter to quarter, half to half, but from game to game? I think, man, that's tough. You want to call him a, a, a running, a run-oriented coordinator, but I just think there are times where they pull Derrick Henry out of the game for stretches that are just too long. You can't do it. Um, I don't really think he has an identity, though, to be honest with you. And it's just like from week to week, it seems like a different guy is getting featured, which isn't a bad thing, but it just – you want to see something consistent. You know, a guy that you know, okay, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, he's going to show up and we're going to get this from him. We know that, period. And they don't have that yet. And I don't think that's on the – fault of the players you know what I mean so I think he does need to do a better job of featuring guys uh the adjustment on the fly yeah that's tough because I asked him yesterday about just how do you kind of see something pocket it and then bring it back later and I mean his answer was pretty much is just time and you never really know exactly when to bring it back but I don't know. It seems like the the better offensive coordinators, they know. Like Sean Payton, he knows. Oh, yeah, you know what? They they played this, and they, they jumped the, the dig on this one. So next time we're going to go dig post, and hopefully he jumps that dig, and we're going over top. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's bring it out right now. You, you know what I mean? Like they have that more decisiveness on, on when they're going to pounce. 
after they see something. So I think that's kind of a key, like a, a, a thing that you have to have to be a guy to make the adjustments. And I think that's something that Arthur Smith has still grown into. It is his first year calling plays. So I think we have to you know, give him time to settle into place. And uh, I think eventually that thing's going to get rolling. TD, good stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate the time and enjoy that omelet. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. All right, burrito, there he is. man. Breakfast burrito, man. There you go. <laughs> Teron Davenport right. covers the Titans for ESPN and ESPN 102.5, the game. Um, I was going, I wanted to, um, because you look at the the Titans' offense, and and Vrabel brought this up when when the whole you know what does the offensive line need to do because they're playing so bad they're giving up sacks and he said well listen yes the offensive line has to block better uh, the quarterback has to get rid of the ball faster the receivers have to get open I wonder if there's this sense that you know if it's not tight coverage we can't get open. You know, because he said that, that makes me think they're watching something on film that if it's not play action or if they don't have off coverage, then the receivers have an off, have a difficult time at getting open versus tighter coverage. NFL fans, don't miss Nashville's best NFL pregame show. Start your morning off with a kickoff show from 10 to 1 p.m., followed by pregame with Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders, live from the George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue this Sunday from 1 to 3 before the Titans take on the Broncos. Pregame show brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealer, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. I was thinking about this yesterday. I feel like this week is on Arthur Smith, and I want to just compare him and his personnel to somebody we saw on Sunday Night Football. Back after this on Morning Drive. Guys, you know I'm a big nerd. Big about, I'm, I'm big on the math and the numbers and the equations. Somebody in this country has to be. I've got an equation for you you're really going to like. It, it all adds up to big savings, which I know you're going to like. So let's do the math. Now you can get Xfinity Internet and Xfinity Mobile each for $30 a month. It's a very simple equation. That equals awesome Wi-Fi from America's best internet provider and the best LTE on the go. It's the ultimate coverage solution. It's all about the numbers. You can save up to $800 a year on your wireless bill with Xfinity Mobile. Sounds good. And until October 27th, you could even get $250 cash back when you purchase an eligible smartphone. It's basically the perfect equation. Xfinity makes saving simple, easy, and awesome. Don't miss out on Xfinity Internet and Mobile, each for $30 a month. You'll get, an, you'll get internet now with up to 100 megabits download speed and twelve mo- for, for 12 months with a one-year agreement and Xfinity Mobile with three gigs of shared wireless data. Go to Xfinity.com slash save big. That's Xfinity.com slash save big. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay internet offer. Internet offer ends 10-27-19. New performance internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, after agreement term, regular rate supply. Mobile savings compared to Verizon and AT&T plans. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. We'll be right back. Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. We'll handicap some college and NFL games coming up top of the hour. Our buddy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will join us in just about 14 minutes. Just thinking about this yesterday. So this Titans-Broncos game, and I know... I get it. The offensive line is atrocious. But I think this is a week where Arthur Smith needs to show us why he was hands down the only selection Mike Vrabel mm. considered for offensive coordinator. Remember, Vrabel said many times, oh, no, it was Arthur. We, from day one, when, when Matt LaFleur left, we knew Arthur was going to be the guy. And every team has weaknesses. And I'm looking at one specific team, the San Francisco 49ers, what they did on Sunday night football or Monday night football to the Browns. And I just did a little research yesterday. 
Their personnel, now they've, over the last four mm-hmm. or five years in the draft, the 49ers have spent a lot of draft capital on their defensive line. But their offensive players, here, here's the breakdown of what they are. Jimmy Garoppolo was 62nd overall. He's a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't, didn't they trade a first-round pick to get him or a second-round pick? I don't know what they traded, but when New England drafted him, he was a second-round right. pick, 62nd overall. I think they might have traded a, a third-round pick to get him. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, Bra- Matt Breda, the running back, is from Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. Kittle, the tight end, is a fifth-round pick. Marquise Goodwin is a third-round pick. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, is a fourth-round pick. And how many of those guys did they actually draft? I, I have no idea. They didn't draft Goodwin. And Mostert, Raheem Mostert, who I never even heard of, He's been in the league as for five years as a running back in the NFL from mm-hmm. Purdue. I don't recall him playing college ball. I just look at it and I say, you know what? The 49ers offensive personnel is very effective, and they did not spend a lot of capital. Whereas I look at the Titans and I say, Marcus, second overall. Derrick Henry, second round pick. Um, Corey Davis, fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Conklin and Lawan are both top 15 picks. They've spent money on Saffold. they spent money on Humphreys. I mean, AJ Brown, second round pick. What's what's the difference here? Is it Kyle Shanahan uh, Kyle, just light years better yeah, than yeah. Arthur Davis? I mean, yeah, Arthur I mean, Smith. Listen, I, I I had all the respect I needed from Kyle Shanahan when the Titans went out to the Bay Area. I think it was two years ago, mm-hmm. and they had just gotten Garoppolo, and they they were one of the worst. I think they were like zero and eleven, something like that. And they maybe had they had won like one game with Garoppolo. It was one, either his second or third start. I will have to double check, and with a bunch of scrubs. You know, they, they totally out-schemed Dick LeBeau. Just completely out-schemed him. Guys were running wide open in the secondary. They could not stop that Jimmy Garoppolo's passing attack. And I'm going, oh, th- this is why Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. Because when, when you can take guys who are all those like fourth and fifth round draft picks and you can just out-scheme a Hall of Fame coordinator like Dick LeBeau with a quarterback who's been in the system for like three days, y- you're doing something right. And I think Teron's onto something. The easiest one for fans to pick up on is the zone read, right? When Marcus gives the ball to Derrick Henry and reads the defensive end, Mm -hmm. and they notice, oh, that defensive end crashed. The easiest one for fans to recognize, meaning the coordinator is going to pocket that play and bring it back later, like what Toronto was talking about last segment. The easiest one is the zone read where you see the end crash down and you see the the, the outside wide open. And and you're like, oh, Arthur Arthur sees that, and he goes, all right, Marcus is going to keep one of those later. The problem is that every time I've seen Marcus do that, especially I want to say it was against Jacksonville, maybe, and it was like a. Do you remember when we were all like, "Why did he? Why did Marcus keep it on?" And he he got zero yards mm-hmm. on like a play to the right side, and you're like, "Man, that wasn't the right time to bring it back." And that's a that's a concern. If I'm a Titans fan, I, I want Arthur Smith to know unequivocally when the right time to bring back that play is, and and I don't I don't know if we've seen that yet because again. His adjustment to the rush is screen game. Well, everybody already kind of knows that now. Mm-hmm. W- what is the response to that? What is the next evolution of his play calling? Well, I mean, it's it's they are because if you if you look around the NFL, um, and I will continue to believe this, I think each team has a has a DNA within them. No matter what the year is, no matter how much you say they change. Their DNA is this, and they're going to live on that DNA. Now, you know, they might have this season where the numbers seem better, but their DNA is it is what it is. And the ten- Tennessee Titans, forever, if you just go back to when we got here in 99, I mean 97, the DNA is play really good defense and run the football. 
there's been a couple of years where, you know, we've had some skilled guys on the outside, you know, myself, Drew, uh, Kevin, and, and, and McCarron's where, you know, um, we were able to throw the ball a little bit more. And Mac, we were able to throw the ball a little bit more. But our DNA, even with Eddie and Chris Brown after Eddie, our DNA was we want to play really good defense and run the football. Well, it hadn't changed with the Tennessee Titans now. They they go out and they 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 spend money on on these offensive guys, whether it's Corey Davis, a fifth round draft pick, second round draft pick and 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 Brown. They go out and get Humphreys, um, they get Delaney Walker some years ago. With all of this sort of firepower we assume they have, they go back to the bread and butter. What do we always talk about? Run the football, play really good defense. Well, there has to be a there has to be this Okay, we got good skilled guys. Let's use them on the outside. There get, there needs to be a point where they say, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's jump into the next, you know, let's jump into this new wave of how we play football. But they hadn't been able to do it. For what reason? I don't know. But you you got to always play to the strength of your personnel. Mm-hmm. And one thing, and Chip Kelly's become an abject disaster right now as a coach, but one thing that I always loved hearing Chip Kelly say when he first came to the Eagles and then he went back to the 49ers and then back to the college game is people would say, oh, are you going to run the Oregon offense? Are you going to run this? Are you going to run that? And he would say, well, what's my personnel? If I don't have a mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm not running the read option. Right. If I don't have this, I'm not, I'm not going to jam a square peg into a round, bowl, round think, hole. Tell but, me what I have. But don't you think they have the personnel? If we are to believe that Humphreys, you know, is one of he was brought in as being one of the best third down receivers in the league, and the numbers kind of bared it out on the market at the time. We said AJ Brown was probably the best slot receiver or or yet guy in the draft. Corey Davis was the most polished receiver some years ago. Delaney Walker is one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. So we are, if we are to believe they have the personnel. To do those things, then why not do it? Well, it's two things. A, your offensive line doesn't give you the time to do it. Yeah. And then B, yeah. is the question is, and I know we're not going to turn it into a quarterback conversation because he's played well considering he's mm-hmm. darn near being decapitated. He's the only quarterback who started every game this year and hasn't mm-hmm. turned the ball over. And yeah. you, but he's you, the only you, quarterback in the whole league. You just wonder how different the personnel would look that you all the guys you just mentioned mm-hmm. with a line that can pass protect and a different quarterback. Or a different scheme. Well, there, there's the thing we all don't know that yet. That too, yeah. That, that's the the glaring sort of, if you want to b- build an offense and construct an offense, you've got all these pillars, right? You've got the offensive line, you've got the skill players, you've got the quarterback, and you've got the, the coordinator, the scheme. And so you've got these four big things that you sort of build your offense around, and we don't really know about Arthur Smith yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, against Cleveland, okay, great. You schemed around your weakness, it worked. The Derrick Henry screen pass was a brilliant call. You know, it... it Against the Ram- against the Colts, why did you take Derrick Henry out of the game going into the fourth quarter when you just ran the ball down their throat on three consecutive plays? That's a total mind boggler there for me when it comes to Arthur Smith. Um, you know, I you know Vrabel's decisions to kick or not kick aside. Again, I know people don't want to hear this, but Marcus and the offense on on four of their last six possessions last week against Buffalo drove the football down the field into scoring territory and didn't. I don't know if it's Arthur Smith not calling plays, if it's the offensive line making mistakes, or Marcus not making the right reader, or the receiver dropping passes. Probably all of the above. But they were inside the Buffalo 35 four of their last six drives last week. They had the chances to win the game, and they didn't finish the drives. 
And so you've got to finish drives. And, and Arthur Smith is a huge part of that equation. 615-737-1025. The number you can always tweet us. You can follow the show at 1025 underscore MD. All right, we got two hours to go. A lot to do in the final two hours. Willie Donick will join us coming up at 830. We've got Stick to Sports. And then also some uh, college football and NFL handicapping. We'll talk to our pal Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Very juicy board this week with college and pros. We're coming back. Love a juicy board. Love a juicy board. A lot of money to be made this week. We'll see if we can help you out coming up next.